just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. This is kind of an extra Rational Boomer Podcast. I did one earlier this morning just after midnight, and right now it's about 2.30 in the afternoon on Thursday. And the reason I'm doing an extra one is because we've got such a fluid situation going on with this Russian-Ukraine crisis, the invasion, the battles, and all this sort of shit. It's worthy of talking about because I don't know that you always get the full information on television or on the Internet. You're always getting slanted views one way or the other. And I'll try to give you all the facts and let you decide what you think. Now, before we get to that, I wanted to uh, read an email that I got just this morning. comes from a woman named Jenna. We've heard from her before. She said, I was just about to send you an email because I need someone to explain this Russia-Ukraine situation. I understand on the whole, but I needed more. And then there your podcast just popped up. I'm about to listen to it now. So that was the one I did after midnight. Then she goes on to say, it's pretty emotional as I'm 100% Ukrainian on my dad's side. Even if I weren't, I'm horrified and disgusted. And I think we all are. What's going on there is absolutely horrific. There's no other way to explain it. She finished it out by saying this, side note, the last day of my old job was yesterday. I start my new one Monday. My future is incredibly bright. It is surreal that while I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor, there are innocents suffering. Well, Jenna, I'll tell you this. You can't stop leading your life. You can only do the best you can for yourself, your family, and uh, for your community. That's all you can do. There are always innocent suffering in this world someplace. This happens to be Ukraine. This happens to be on stage in front of us all day, every night. And I understand your concerns. And I understand your connection, given that you have Ukrainian heritage. But you got to do what you got to do for yourself. And if you can help others in the process, then you do that. And I'm sure, having talked to you, you're the kind of woman that will do whatever she can. I mean, we all have limitations on what we can do. I've had this compulsion to help other people and try to do other things. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I'm doing the TikToks. I'm doing the podcast. It's not a direct help to a lot of people. But if I can do some good by exposing information and causing people to think about it, well, that's the best I can do. So you do the best you can do. I'm happy for you about the job. I'm glad you got out of that position and got into a new position and that your future looks bright. You deserve it. So go ahead and enjoy it. So the reason we're doing the extra podcast is because Russia decided to invade Ukraine. Now, it's funny. Russia amassed close to 200,000 people basically surrounding Ukraine. Vladimir Putin says, oh, no, 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 we're not going to invade Ukraine. We do this stuff all the time. And, of course, then he promptly invaded Ukraine. Then he said, well, we're not going to try to occupy the country. We're just going to save the people that are being genocided by the Ukraine government, those fucking Nazis. That's essentially what he said. 
But now they're in the process of looking to take down the capital city of Kiev. And once again, he lied again. I mean, that's all Vladimir Putin does is fucking lie. He can't lie to the world because it's right in front of our faces. But he goes back to the media in Russia and says, we're just going in there because that Nazi government of the Ukraine is causing genocide against ethnic Russians and Russian-speaking citizens. It's appalling. We have to go protect them, which is not in the least bit true. But he'll feed that shit to his country so he doesn't take too much heat on that end. He'll lie to them, but not think twice about it when the rest of the world sees exactly what's going on. As Joe Biden said, this was premeditated and unprovoked. And it's been incredibly confusing to Ukrainians and Russians alike. You see, these are next-door neighbors. These are people that look to one another as brothers. These are so close together that families had members on either side of the border. Some lived in Ukraine, some lived in Russia. It was a peaceful nation, Ukraine. They didn't cause any problems. The only thing that bothered um, Vladimir Putin is that they were uh, acclimating to some Western traditions and those sorts of things. They like democracy and all those things bother Vladimir Putin. And he thinks because they're so close to Russia, they're a threat. Well, not only is he a liar, not only is he stupid, he's a fucking paranoid freak, too. Ukraine was never going to do anything to anybody. They're a peaceful nation. There was talks of putting them in for membership of NATO, but that was something that Vladimir Putin was deadly against. You see, he looks at NATO as a threat against Russia. No, it's not a threat against Russia. It's not a bunch of countries teaming up to fight Russia. It's a bunch of countries trying to protect themselves from fucking Russia. That's what it's about. And for whatever reason, he doesn't like it. He thinks Ukraine still is owned by Russia. Everything about it, he wants to keep. Now, the problem with this is this is going to cause some undue damage to Ukraine and to Russia but he doesn't care. It's all about his ego. He wants what he wants. There's been some talk about him maybe being diminished mentally. I don't think that's a recent thing. I think that's been since he's been in office. He's done some hateful, crazy, violent shit. Vladimir Putin is a murderer, a killer. He's a terrorist, and he always has been. When Donald Trump took office, This former KGB agent knew exactly how to deal with Donald Trump. Flatter him. Treat him nice. Donald Trump thinks, oh, we're buddies. And then Vladimir Putin uses him, plays him like a fucking fiddle. And that's what exactly happened. And that's part of the reason (laughs) where we are right now. Because Donald Trump gave him so much rain to run. Now, he knew he wasn't going to have that kind of flexibility with Biden, but he had to test the waters. And he really wanted to uh, take over Ukraine. It's something in his head that he had to do it. The people of Russia didn't under, don't understand why there would be a war with Ukraine. As I said, they thought they were brothers. Now, what's interesting, what's happening in Russia right now, there are huge protests, anti-war protests. 
Now, you'd see that in America or even in Ukraine if that was appropriate. But you don't do that shit in Russia because you know what they do? They round you up, put you in jail, prosecute you, and destroy your lives. The police have said as much to these protesters. But there's enough of them out there that maybe they've gotten too much. Too much is too much, and they have to say something. Well, unfortunately, getting arrested may be the least of the Russian citizens' problems. Because in order to counteract what Vladimir Putin is doing, Joe Biden and the European countries are going to have to throttle the country of Russia that will affect Vladimir Putin, but also the citizens of the country. It's going to put them into very hard times. And that's the unfortunate thing. I don't think the Russian people are bad people. It's just that they're being directed and run by fucking criminals, by fucking terrorists like Vladimir Putin. So Joe Biden showed up at the podium today and he was going to lay out some new sanctions against Russia. They've already put down some pretty heavy heavy uh, sanctions, but now they've got more, now that they've actually made the attack. And uh, some of the stuff he's doing is going to have a significant impact, but it's not just America. It's European countries, too. They're taking a pretty heavy hand to uh, Russia. Now, what has happened is that uh, um, Vladimir Putin has protected himself. He stockpiled a bunch of money for himself. But that doesn't mean his buddies, his friends, his cohorts, or the citizens of Russia are protected. He didn't give a fuck about that. He only cares about himself. Well, at some point, that's going to come back to haunt him. And I'll tell you more about that in a second. So, what Joe Biden is doing is laying down some sanctions, as well as some European countries. And here is some of the things that he's doing to Russia at this point. He's going to limit Russia's ability to do business with the dollar, the euro, the pound, and the end. That's pretty limiting, and that's going to cause him some problems. Joe Biden has also sanctioned four more Russian banks, four large Russian banks. This will cause the freezing of Russian assets in America and other European countries. Now, one of the uh, press people at this press conference said, have you taken them off the SWIFT system? This is an international system for countries to do deals and wire money back and forth. To be taken off that could be pretty detrimental to doing anything, to buying or selling anything, which would cripple Russia. And while Joe Biden hasn't done that as yet, he said with the number of banks that he's sanctioned, it will have a similar, if not worse, effect than taking them off the SWIFT system. So the reporter said, so you're not going to offer that sanction? He said, oh, no, that's still on the table. But we've already done what we need to do to make it extremely difficult for them. The other thing that Joe Biden is planning to do is he's um, cutting in half the high-tech imports into Russia. Russia has a lot of high-tech things, from their technology to their weaponry to their space program, and they need high-tech, advanced-tech products. 
Well, now Joe Biden is going to limit that to half as much as they've been getting up to this point, which will obviously be a thorn in their side and won't be helpful to them. Now, if you look to the Russian stock market today, it's dropping like a fucking rock. And this is before the sanctions are even in place. Their form of currency, the ruble, that is at its lowest level ever. So let me explain to you this. You got people with money in Russia. They're in rubles. They were worth something three days ago. They're worth decidedly less right now. Their currency is dropping like a fucking rock. Joe also pointed out that if they attempt to uh, make any cyber attacks against America, that America might take a little different tact. Instead of diplomacy or trying to stop it, they might return the favor with a, an attack in kind. And let's be honest, we're a bigger country in terms of numbers and money than Russia. We have a lot of technology. We have a lot of smart people. We have the ability to do some pretty devastating things cyber in the cyber world. We're just not the kind of people that do that. But now in this case, if Russia insists on making these attacks, well, they're going to get answered back, and it's not going to be pleasant. America could shut a lot of things down, technologically speaking, as well as economically speaking, and as I said, cripple this fucking country. And I think that's what they need to do. It's one thing to tolerate bullies and make threats against bullies. At some point, you got to knock them on their ass, knock them out so they don't get back up again. This may be an opportunity to uh, cause Russia all kinds of problems. You remember when they went into Afghanistan and they were going to take Afghanistan over. Well, they were at war for 10 or 12 years. They went in really strong and they came out really weak. And then we had the uh, destruction of the Soviet Union. See, that's one of the problems they have to consider when they go into Ukraine. Ukraine's not a tiny country, 42 million people in it. Their uh, military is much smaller than Ukraine or than Russia, about 250,000. They got a small air force, a small navy. There's no way they can beat Russia. However, if they spread this thing out and it takes too long, there are going to be Russian bodies sent back in bags to Russia. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to chew up a lot of their money. It's going to affect their economy. The last thing the Russians want to do is get involved in another Afghanistan because it basically destroyed their com- country when it happened. So I'm sure they're concerned about that. I'm thinking Vladimir Putin, such an arrogant, paranoid motherfucker that uh, he thinks he's going to walk right in there and take all this stuff and be the conquering hero. Unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen. Now, in addition to those sanctions, Joe Biden is also sanctioning more of the what he calls Russian elite and their families. Now, what he's talking about there are the oligarchs, the guys with billions and billions of dollars that are tied to Vladimir Putin. They're Vladimir Putin's buddies or they're on his cabinet or whatever. But they're not just going after the oligarchs, they're going after their family as well, so they can't transfer the money down the line and hide from whatever sanctions are headed their way. 
So this is going to be a problem for a lot of people with a lot of money. A lot of assets will be frozen. They won't be able to access their money. They won't be able to do trade uh, throughout the world. And this is going to limit Russia substantially. The one other thing that people asked about, the press, was the idea of a direct sanction of Vladimir Putin, which would be the end game for Vladimir Putin. All his money would be tied up, he would be fucking neutered, and he would have big problems. Now, they haven't done that as yet. But as Joe Biden said, that too is on the table. See, one of the things you have to do when you're throwing out these punishments, you can't throw the whole wad at them one at a time or all at one time. Because once you do that, you have nothing left to bargain with. Nothing. And assuming at some point Russia decides, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. Let's work this out. You need some room. And you need some leverage. And sanctioning Vladimir Putin directly is a big leverage point. That's going to be a problem for Vladimir Putin. Now, he's th- he thought he protected himself but he can't protect himself against sanctions. So that's one big bit of leverage that America and Joe Biden has. So it's not surprising they didn't use that, or even the SWIFT program, because um, they need something left. Once you throw it all out there, you have no more power. It's already there. Now they're just trying to adapt to those restrictions. The best threat is one you never have to follow up on. Because the uncertainty of it all is more effective than the actual realization of the uh, sanction or whatever other kind of leverage that you're applying. So Joe's doing what he's supposed to do. He's having a serious impact on that country. It's not only currently, but over the long term. And these are the things that happened with uh, Russia when they attacked Afghanistan. That was a long run. That was 10, 12 years. It uh, slowly but surely took down the country, and the Soviet Union then was no more. And it was just down to Russia. Ukraine was in the Soviet Union, but now they're not. And, And Vladimir Putin dreams of the days where he can pull together the Soviet Union. Well, that's not going to happen. That's just not going to fucking happen. But his ego tells him that he has a shot. He wants to be a historic figure, that he's the one that brought the Soviet Union back together. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen because times are a little different. You're fighting against America, but you're also fighting against two-thirds of the world. You've got insurmountable odds out there against you, and you cannot beat them. Now, what's funny about Putin, he made a threat And that threat was, well, if any of the Western countries try to intervene or hurt us in any way, I just want to remind you, we are a nuclear power. (laughs) Oh, really? We didn't know that. Oh, fuck you. He's trying to put that out there to scare us. And this is exactly what bullies do. So we can't be coyed by that or, or, or shy away from that. He's made a threat against others, Western countries. What happened needs to happen to this guy is he needs to be taken down and taken out one way or another. That's got to happen. 
It's fucking absolutely got to happen. Because if he gets away with what he's doing in the Ukraine, you can bet he's going to do it in another place. The only problem is that all the countries around Ukraine are NATO countries. So as soon as he hits a NATO country, then America goes in with full force, full power of the American military. But so do the other 30 NATO nations. They're all coming in and they're all going after Russia because that's the deal. That's a... uh, military agreement between these NATO nations. You hit one of us, you have to take on all of us. And that's a very powerful threat. And that's what's making Vladimir Putin nervous at this point. He sees this buildup of NATO and he doesn't like it because it makes Russia weaker every day. The thought of Ukraine becoming part of NATO, it was just a bridge too far for him. The fact that they were going more Western and democratic really was a problem for him. The fact that they lost the Ukraine in the first place, a place he thinks is still owned by Russia, needed to stop. He needed to get it back for his country. But he's probably getting in a little over his head. Now, some of these uh, uh, reporters have said, well, the sanctions didn't stop him from invading. The sanctions aren't stopping him from trying to occupy Ukraine. And Joe made an excellent point, and it's a point you need to understand. The sanctions were never going to stop anything. Vladimir Putin's too arrogant, too paranoid, too crazy. See, he thinks he's got himself protected, himself shielded, and he doesn't care about the people of his country or the people around him in his government. He doesn't care. So he was never going to stop the invasion. Once he had the mindset that he was going to do that, that was going to happen. No sanction was ever going to stop him. Now you're probably saying, well, why do sanctions then if they don't work? Well, they do work. Maybe not directly onto Vladimir Putin yet. But when these sanctions take place, it's going to cause immeasurable stress, stress, strain, and trauma for the people of Russia. And that's the sad thing about this. Russian people aren't bad people. It's the fucking government that's leading them are the fucking terrorist. But these sanctions will make it so it's very difficult for the citizens of Russia. There's going to be no money. There's going to be no food. Nothing's going to be working. Their life will be disrupted. They'll lose jobs. It'll be a horrible place to be. His buddies, the oligarchs, will have billions and billions and billions of dollars tied up that they cannot access. That is not going to make them happy. The sanctions are not going to stop Vladimir Putin. The people that are suffering are the people that are going to stop Vladimir Putin. We're seeing it now. There's massive uh, protest in the streets against war because they don't understand why they're even fucking doing it. And that's a bad thing to do in Russia because Russia tends to swoop you up, put you in jail, and leave you there for a long fucking time. I can only hope with the vast numbers of people out there protesting, it's going to be harder for them to do that. They'll have to sit up and take notice and take actions to somehow quell these protests. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people protesting. You can't just pick them all up and put them in jail. You have to deal with it on a different level. And this is going to weigh heavy on Vladimir Putin. 
And this is just at the start of the war. It's not when things start to go really fucking bad for Russian citizens. It's going to be a struggle for them. It's going to be very hard, and they aren't going to be very happy. The oligarchs around Vladimir Putin are not going to be happy. And at some point, it's going to come back to haunt Vladimir Putin. Keep in mind, we're not talking about the United States here. We're talking about Russia. And their government tends to be more violent, more corrupt. We know that Vladimir Putin is a murderer, a killer. And that's how things get done at that level in these kinds of government. Once Vladimir Putin appears to be more of a liability than an asset, don't kid yourself. The people of Russia, the government of Russia, will take him out. And they may not take him out in a pleasant fucking way. Remember what happened to Mussolini. So Vladimir Putin may have put a target on his head. Because this is not going to go well. It's not, it's not a, a risk. Maybe it'll go well, maybe it won't go well. It's not going to go well. People are going to lose billions of dollars. People will be starving in Russia. And this is going to cause a huge upheaval, uh, maybe an uprising in Russia. And it's all going to land on Vladimir Putin. But Vlad's a narcissist, a sociopathic, pathological liar, psychopath. He can't think past about uh, past uh, enriching himself. And that will be the thing that kills him in the end, either literally or technically. And this is the same thing with Donald Trump. He's the same kind of person. He will self-destruct. He will destroy himself, just like Vladimir Putin is going to do. So we'll watch this, and I'll keep you informed of what's happening with the... Uh, Ukraine-Russian crisis, the invasion by Russia into Ukraine. It's been a fucking mess. It's been ridiculous, but we're going to keep watching it. I'm going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. So as I've said, Vladimir Putin hates NATO. He sees them as a threat, when in fact they're not a threat. They're quite the opposite. NATO is an organization where a bunch of countries group together, and they... um, bring their abilities and uh, militaries together. If somebody attacks a NATO nation, then everybody in the NATO organization is there to fight back. It's a pretty insurmountable power coming at somebody trying to attack a NATO nation. As I've said, Ukraine is not in the NATO organization. So that's why um, Vladimir Putin feels comfortable doing this. He's, um, but he's scared shitless of NATO. He thinks they're a threat. But in fact, all they are is a protection against his threat because he's the only one trying to take over countries and trying to attack countries. His problem is, is if he hit a, hits a NATO country, then all bets are fucking off and he's in some fucking deep trouble. That's why he's going around and saying, Well, I got nuclear weapons. Yeah, well, so does America, motherfucker. And you're poorer and smaller in numbers of people, and you're weaker. All you do is have nuclear power. We've got it all. You can think you're tough, but you're not tough as us. And you're not tough as us in 30 other fucking nations. So sit down and shut the fuck up, Vladimir Putin. 
So what he thought he was doing here was dividing the NATO countries. What he wants to do is get rid of NATO altogether, which isn't going to happen. But unfortunately, like Donald Trump and like Vladimir Putin, they always fuck up when they start thinking. And in fact, what he did with NATO is brought them tighter together. Everybody can agree that what he's doing to Ukraine is horrific, is illegal. So they're all banding together, doing what they need to do to fight against Vladimir Putin. He's not splitting NATO up at all. He's doing just the opposite. He's making them stronger, more united. And we are hearing about some other sanctions by other countries other than America. A couple of important ones. Well, there was Germany. They did it right off the bat. There is a they have two they have two pipelines going from Russia to Germany. And Russia sells a lot of oil to Germany and other parts of Europe. Now there's the Nord Stream 1 that is up and operating and has been operating. But they built another one, Nord Stream 2. It's built. Russia has put in 11 billion dollars into this shit. But it hasn't been certified. It's not up and operating. And when this happened with the invasion of Ukraine, Germany said, fuck it, we're not certifying it. You're not using that pipeline. Fuck you. That represents a lot of money and a lot of power to Russia. And they just lost it because Germany had the courage to stand up and say, fuck yourself. And to be perfectly honest with you, uh, Germany and other European countries are going to pay a price for this. It's going to raise the cost of oil to them. And, of course, Europeans are going to have to deal with higher prices in gas and all that sort of thing. But the chancellor of Germany thought it was more important to push back on Vladimir Putin and Russia, and that's what he's done. And then British Prime Minister Boris Johnson orders the freezing of all Russian assets in Britain. So any Russian money there, it doesn't matter if it's Vlad Putin, one of the oligarchs, or some kid has a uh, British bank account. All the assets are frozen. Any money that's uh, held by Russia that's in Britain, they will not be able to access. That's some serious shit that's happening in the U.S. and likely happened in several other European countries. That's a lot of money to be frozen up and not being able to access. That's going to make life very fucking difficult for Russia. And this is where the heat's going to come on Vladimir Putin. These people that are struggling and suffering, they watch Vladimir Putin, see how he's covered his ass, but they're struggling and suffering. They have to wonder, is he truly a leader of the country or just a uh, agent for himself? And it'll be clear what he fucking is. And if he's not working to help the country, he's going to have some problems. He's going to get pushed out or worse. These countries don't hesitate killing people just to get them out of the way. And as much as Vladimir Putin is the hero and the leader of Russia, he can go from that to being the scapegoat real quick. They'll see all these countries mad at Vladimir Putin and causing the struggle in Russia. They might figure, well, we get rid of him. Maybe we can patch things up with the other folks. And that's probably true as as long as the new leader is more amenable and more human than fucking Vladimir Putin. But they're going to be caught up in a bad spot. And it's going to be on Vlad Putin's plate as the person responsible for this 
trouble, trauma, and stress and strain that the uh, country of Russia is going to feel very quickly and for a very long time. You remember what it took to take down the Soviet Union. Well, there is no more Soviet Union. So if you're taking down Russia, you're taking down the whole fucking country. Vladimir Putin's make a, making a, a very dangerous bet. And these are different times than they once were. He has two-thirds of the country working against him. I don't care how many fucking nukes you have. You can't survive if you have no money, food, or anything. You won't survive. And these people will make sure you don't. You're a danger to this world. You're a danger to the future of this world. And every one of these people know it. So they're going to pull out the stops and do whatever they can to shut your ass down. And then you'll have people around you, oligarchs and citizens, shutting your ass down. How long can you last when everybody in the world, including your own country, fucking hates you? You can't last very long. Your gamble will not pay off. And you, in the end, will pay the price. So we've got Britain and Germany doing some sanctions, causing Russia some problems. But there are several other European countries that uh, will cause similar problems. Now, something interesting, there is a country right above Ukraine. It's called Belarus, and they're sympathetic to Russia. They're also not in NATO, but they're right next to Ukraine. And what's happening is Russia is staging troops in Belarus to go in on the ground toward Kiev, which is the capital, and not that far from the border with Belarus. Now, Belarus isn't a big country, isn't a formidable country. It's not somebody who's going to fight with anybody. But you have to wonder, if you want to put ultimate pressure on this situation, and you put sanctions on Russia, do you then put sanctions on Belarus for being accessories after the fact? I think you do. It won't be hard to break fucking Belarus. And if we break Belarus because of uh, Russians' activity, how long are they going to be loyal to Russia and Vladimir Putin? you got to pull out the stops. You know, I learned something when I was young. When you go up against a bully and you, and you decide you're going to fight, you can't just beat them. Because as soon as you turn, turn your back, they're going to jump on it and pound you into oblivion. So when you're going to put down a bully, you got to put them down, not necessarily permanently, but long enough to make them think, long enough for you to get out of the way. you got to finish the job. And this is what America and all the European countries are going to have to do. They are going to have to finish the job. They need to hammer all these sanctions in Russia, destroy the fucking country economically. I mean, literally destroy them. And then when Putin's out of office, which he will most likely be, then we can go back and help the Russian people build back up. It's an unfortunate situation that the Russian people will have to go through this sort of thing. But it's going to have to happen. That's the only way to stop Vladimir Putin short of a nuclear war. And nobody wants that. And as much as Vladimir Putin wants to make those threats, that's just a bully's threat. You call them on it, they're going to fucking cower and hide. 
Nobody wants a nuclear war. Nobody wins a nuclear war. Even Vladimir Putin's got to be smart enough to know that. But if he isn't, that means he's lost a few steps from the time he entered office. Is he crazy enough to just do what the fuck ever? We have to be ready for anything. And we have to be ready to take him out permanently. Get rid of him. He's like Russia's version of Osama bin Laden. We've got to find him. We've got to get rid of him. That doesn't necessarily mean kill him, but get him out of office. I don't subscribe to uh, killing people. That doesn't work. That's going to cause some other problems. But they need to destroy Vladimir Putin and the country so the country themselves gets rid of Vladimir Putin. Now, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They can exile him. They can kill him for all I care. But they're going to have to do something. And it's best to let them do that. Not go out there and send assassins. That's just not how America is. But somehow, some way, we've got to take Vladimir Putin out of the equation. He's too much of a bad seed in this world. He's one of the few people that cause the most problems. And now everybody's against him. So this is the time when we have the opportunity to shut him down permanently. As much as it's tragic what he's doing in Ukraine, at least now we have reason and opportunity to shut him down permanently. And nothing shuts people down by taking all their fucking money, taking all their control, and then letting the people around them deal with the problem of Vladimir Putin. And I see that's what's probably going to happen here. That's, that's what they're going to do. We've got a lot of issues going on in this country. This is just one of many. And I have to give respect to Joe Biden. As I've said, when Joe Biden was the candidate. He wasn't my favorite candidate. I don't think he'll be my favorite president. He's the right president for the time. Unlike Donald Trump, who knew nothing about nothing, um, or like Ruthie says (laughs) on Ozark, I love this line, I don't know shit about fuck. (laughs) And, and, And that's how Donald Trump is. These people are shit-stirrers in our respective countries. They do nothing but cause problems and strife and trauma and pain. They have to be taken out of the equation. Donald Trump has to be stopped from talking or having any input in the Republican Party. It has to be done. And the same thing with Vladimir Putin. These two are peas in the pod. They're almost identical personalities. The only thing I will say is that... uh, Vladimir Putin is probably smarter and more calculating. Donald Trump's just a big dumb fuck that says whatever comes out of his mouth. But both of them pose problems in our respective countries. And as long as they're allowed to speak with some authority, we've got fucking problems. And for as much as Joe Biden had the interest in fixing things in this country, and I think he's done a good job up to this point, This man's got a lot on his fucking plate. He's 78 years old. He's pretty strong. His cognitive uh, um, condition is is fine in spite of what the Republicans say. And uh, he's got a lot on his plate. He's got COVID. He's got um, a rogue former president. He's got a DOJ that we don't know if they're doing something or not doing something. 
He's got people dying around him because of COVID. He's got Republicans that don't do anything but obstruct, so nothing can get done. Joe's got a lot on his plate, and I'll give him credit for keeping his cool. Donald Trump certainly wouldn't have. The Republicans certainly wouldn't have. And so I give him credit for anything he can do with this Ukraine situation. Because Ukraine is not part of NATO, Joe Biden can't possibly send troops in there to help Ukraine, and neither can any other NATO country. Unfortunately, Ukraine's on their own on this. They're in an insurmountable battle. They can't beat Russia, but they can make it painful for them. And that's what we can only hope for. Hopefully sanctions will stop this before too much damage is done. But we've already got hundreds of people dead because of the missiles being sent by Russia. The uh, atrocities, the tragedies, the deaths, they're already occurring. And they're not going to get less. As Russia enters the country with their tanks and their vehicles and their guns, they're going to try to occupy this country. The only problem is, is they're going to need a lot of people to actually occupy the country. And the fact is, they don't have them. So I'm not sure what they're going to do, try to pick and choose pieces that they're going to control. Are they going to try to occupy the whole country? I mean, it's clear what they're trying to do. They're trying to get rid of the government, Zelensky and his administration. He's trying to pull them out. He's telling the Russian people that they're Nazis and they're committing genocide against Russians, which is not true. Zelensky is half Jewish. Um, He had relatives that fought against the Nazis. He's not a Nazi, but like Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin decides he can say anything and keep saying it until people believe it. Now, the only people that are going to believe it are the people in Russia, if they believe it at all. The rest of us can see exactly what's happening. We know he's a liar. We know he's a fucking criminal. So that's not going to do well by him. He can't gaslight the whole fucking world, especially when it's on television. So good luck with that, Vladimir Putin. The one thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is the people in this country. Donald Trump said Vladimir Putin was a genius, said him invading Ukraine was wonderful. He liked the scam. Oh, I'm just going in there to protect Russians. Donald Trump said that's beautiful. Now, of course, many of the Republicans followed up, backed Donald Trump up on what he was saying. Oh, Putin's not so bad. Why are we fighting against Putin? What about Ukraine? They're terrible, which they're not. And all these Republicans chimed in with Donald Trump supporting Vladimir Putin and Russia. And then we get the right-wing media doing the same fucking thing. They're supporting Trump, so they support Putin, and they support the Russian efforts to invade Ukraine. But things are going to change here because there's going to be dead bodies. There's going to be blood in the streets. There's going to be buildings destroyed. It's going to be a horrific scene. Now, I don't expect Donald Trump to change his mind because he's a fucking idiot. He'll stick with whatever he's going with and he'll double, triple, and quadruple down. But these people that have average intelligence that follow Donald Trump, will they still support Russia? I mean, it's almost crazy to think about Republicans supporting Russia. 
If you go back in years to even to Ronald Reagan, there's nobody that the Russians hated more than the fucking commies, than the Russians. I mean, fuck, we had a Cold War with Russia for decades. And the Republicans hated Russians. But somehow they made a 180-degree turn, and now they love the Russians, and they love Vladimir Putin, who is a murderer, a killer, a terrorist. They love him. What's that going to do for the Republican Party? This will definitely not turn out well for Ukrainians or Russians, for that matter. Are they still going to side with Vladimir Putin and the Russians? Donald Trump will, because he's a dumb fuck. He won't ever give up and say he's wrong. But these people that know better, that understand how horrific this is, can they really live with continuing to support Vladimir Putin and Russia? I don't think so. But see, these people think that they can step away from Donald Trump after all these years when it's not expeditious for them to side with Donald Trump anymore. They think that they can side with Vladimir Putin under these conditions with the horrific uh, invasion of Ukraine. They think they can side with him until it's not convenient for them anymore, and then they step away. They think they can separate themselves from Trump and Putin, and they'll be okay. I'm here to tell you, you won't. You will not be okay. People will not forget what you did and who you supported. And people like me and people like some of these folks out here in the Rational Boomer podcast audience won't let you forget. They won't let anybody fucking forget what you did. The amount of treasonous activity the Republicans have done is absolutely appalling insurrection, overturning election, undermining democracy, trying to overthrow our government, and then supporting a a vicious, violent dictator, killing innocent people in their own fucking country. There is no excuse for that, and there is no coming back from that. You can't say, oops, I'm sorry, made the wrong choice, now I'm a nice guy. No, that's not going to fucking work. Because we will all remember, we will all remind you and anybody around you of what kind of piece of shit you are. There's going to come a time when Donald Trump can do no more. He's cornered, he's exposed, and he's shown for the piece of shit he is. Same will be said for Vladimir Putin. If you stuck with him, you're fucking done. If you got away from him at the last minute, then you're tainted for life. Your damaged goods. You will be of no value to this country. You'll have no respect. You'll have no res- uh, support. And you will be stuck doing something other than leading people or being in elected office. You don't deserve to be. You are enemies of the state and you should be treated as such. And if you're enough of an enemy, you should be in fucking jail. And don't be surprised if that happens. When it came to following Donald Trump to get votes or Vladimir Putin to get votes, soon you will find out that that was the wrong choice. And again, unfortunately, there's no going back. You made that choice. That stink will be on you for the rest of your fucking lives, and you deserve it. And if anybody starts to forget about it, like I said, me... A lot of people, a lot of people listening to this podcast will always be here to remind you anything you hope and dream for, anything you aspire to 
we will fucking destroy because that's what you deserve. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me. I always appreciate that you take the time and actually listen to what I have to say. I'm always anxious to hear what you have to say, your input, your questions, your ideas. Send them to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Um, and uh, you can leave a voicemail. Find Rational Boomer Podcast, leave a voicemail. And I recently had a gentleman that sent me an email, not an email, a DM on Instagram. <clears throat> I do have an Instagram account where I run mostly my TikToks there. And of course, you can message me on TikTok if you'd like. There's always a way to get a hold of me, and I will always see it, and I will always respond to it. So please don't hesitate if you have a thought in your mind or a question or even a complaint. I might give you some shit about the complaint, but I will respond. All right, you have a great day. I'm going to do another podcast just after midnight tomorrow morning. So you got another one coming sometime soon, and we'll see where we're at with this invasion and all the other bullshit that's going on. So you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.